welcome to Mentality Meets, conversations that explore mental health stories and strategies to help leaders like you change the culture of mental health in your workplace. I'm Peter Larkham, and today we're talking with Laura Willis, and we're going to be talking all about technology. When do we turn it off? So Laura is one of the UK's leading experts on digital well-being and management at work, and the thought leader on finding a balance and thriving in our constantly on world. So here's my conversation with Laura Willis. for having me here today. Um, I'm Laura Willis. I'm the co-founder of Shine Offline and I'm a digital digital well-being and management expert. So I basically work with businesses to support them to help their people to have healthy relationships with the digital technology that is central to our world, our working lives and our personal lives. And I'm here today uh, talking to you because we are using technology more than ever. And uh, it's amazing because it's got us through lockdown. It's helped us with the coronavirus and uh, we've been able to connect and entertain ourselves and school our children and stay working. And it's phenomenal. But more people are feeling stressed by their tech than ever before. More people are feeling distracted by their tech than ever before. A lot of people are Zoom fatigued. A lot of people are finding it really hard to disconnect from work and what we do really is get people to stop and think about their behavior and the adjustments that they could make to try and get some sense of balance and control back in relationship to something that is amazing and is in our hands and is always there or um, on our laps and always there and can really help us. But for many, many people, does cause overwhelm and overload. I think I have to personalize this process because I, it's here. It's literally right here and it's always right here. Um, and if it's not ready for me to access, it's in my pocket, ready for me to feel that it's buzzed, uh, to engage with and to pick up on. Um, and I have a little bit of a sneaky feeling that there's going to be a little bit of spotlight going on to me and how I use technology um, as someone who would put themselves as an entrepreneur, run my own business, seeking work all the time and actually work comes from that technology and if I'm not checking it regularly or if I'm not building that pipeline then work kind of fizzles up um and so I want to try and or does it or, Peter well or, do, or does it because I'm an entrepreneur I'm self-employed all my work comes through technology and yet if I had the same relationship with my a phone and laptop that I had six years ago, which resulted in a period of very poor mental health, Shine Offline would not be here because I was so overwhelmed and so overloaded. I was not in control of my own attention. I was having constant panic attacks because when trying to be with my daughter, I was a new mum. I was just constantly on work. And when I was trying to do work, I had all the personal stuff distracting me. Um, I believe that we have got ourselves to a point where normal behavior these days around technology 
I think in 20 years time, we'll look back and go, what were we doing? In the same way that people look back at cigarettes. My mum went to the GP when she was pregnant with me because she was stressed and the GP gave her a cigarette to smoke during the appointment when she was pregnant. Um, we look back in horror and I think we're going to look back at the way we behaved and how overwhelmed we allowed ourselves to be. There is a myth that if you want to succeed, you've got to be on all the time. I'm succeeding. I've spent five years building up a business and I work with multinational corporations, global. I've worked with over 11,000 people now, over 120 businesses, and I earn a living. And I don't have work. I don't have email on my phone. I don't look at my phone before nine o'clock in the morning. I spend most of my day offline on email. I have balance and control because I know what the other side looks like from my point of view as somebody who got really overwhelmed. Not everybody's like me. I'm married to a man who's very zen, naturally very zen, and has one phone and is self-employed and it doesn't bother him. But I think the myth around if if I don't keep feeding the pipeline and I'm not constantly on social media and I'm not constantly on my inbox, my business is going to fail. I am proof of the fact that that is not true. It's It's a belief system that we've allowed ourselves to get into. And I find that fascinating and brilliant because it gives me a glimmer of hope. How do we, how do we release ourselves from that draw uh, and that pull and that need for our devices to be on and engaged with all the time? Well, uh, it's complicated, but it's pretty simple. Um, we need to understand the relationship that we have with it. We need to understand the pull. We need to understand the triggers that are driving our digital behavior, be they external or internal. And then we need to start to manage those. So internal triggers that drive our digital behavior are things like boredom and procrastination. You know, you're in the middle of trying to complete a job, a project, write something hard, and you're a bit tired. I'll just get lost in the rabbit hole. I'll keep refreshing my inbox. I'll distract myself. I think with COVID, the uncertainty and stress that we're experiencing in the world has driven an awful lot of digital behavior and screen time. When we ask, we've been asking people since March if they feel their screen time is up and across the board it is because we we seek answers through our technology and we need to understand what is driving that behavior. So for me, when it comes to my internal triggers of checking my inbox, I know it's because um, we do live in an un uncertain world and there are lots of small business, uh, businesses out there trying to succeed and there's a lot of competition. And I do want to check my inbox to see if the next job is coming in or not. But I understand that, which allows me to bring a level of kindness to my behavior. So we need to start to tune into the, the psychology of why we're behaving the way we are. And then we need to start to hack back on the external triggers Um and start to create boundaries and barriers for ourselves. So, you know, it's things like turning off notifications, closing your inbox, putting your phone downstairs and not using it as an alarm clock, you know, charging it out of the bedroom so you're not looking at it last thing at night, first thing in the morning, in the middle of the night. It's about examining the way we're existing around this technology and working out the small changes we could make so that we start to feel in control. Um, we're very much about turning towards it and reframing our relationship with it because if used with real purpose and intent, technology can bring an awful lot of benefit and it's about small behavioral changes. So one of the biggest things anybody can do is get an alarm clock. 80% of people use their phone as their alarm clock. 58% of people check their work email in bed. Who out there loves their work email? Fills me with joy. Oh, I just get good news on it. Nobody ever says anything negative. 
Of course, looking at work email for most people is going to put you in a bad place. If it's the last thing you do at night and the first thing you do in the morning before you get out of bed. Simple answer. Just get your phone out of the bedroom. You know, we're not, it's not about massive changes. It's about small, but it's not easy because this has become normalized. Everybody's on their phone all the time. Everybody's in reactionary mode all the time. Everybody's updating social media. Everybody's responding to emails the minute they've been sent. Everybody's on instant messenger all day. So we need to, we need to take a moment to examine our own behavior, make some individual changes and get the subject on the agenda so that people can start, you know, it's something that I wish I had my stat. I think it's 92% of people at the moment say their digital technology is causing them stress and overwhelm. So pretty much everybody is stressed out by this. Well, why can't we just stop and make some changes? If we don't talk about it, we'll never be able to make those improvements. So um, it's about small adjustments and doing it gently and slowly and treating yourself with kindness. So we'll get back to our interview in just a second. I want to tell you about a video course I made called Mentality. It's a one hour mental health video course delivered by me. It gives you the need to know essentials to spot the signs of poor mental health and take action. So here's what other people have said about it. Maria said, I was surprised how it made me think about myself and even my friends and family. Patients feedback said, mentality is eye opening. It helps you support someone to get the help they need, perhaps potentially saving their life. James's response says, it was the best course I've been on. I had the attention span of a gnat and I was gripped for the whole time. You see, poor mental health is devastating so many people all over the world. And yet, despite a general recognition that there's a problem, very few people know what to do. We miss the signs of poor mental health, or if we see someone struggling, we don't know what to do. And that's where mentality steps in. It's the need to know essentials on how to spot the warning signs and take appropriate action to respond. All packaged together in a digestible one hour video training course for your workforce. It's designed for everyone because every person, whoever you are, can be affected. To access mentality, simply visit www.mentality.work. That's www.mentality.work. Click on enroll, add your details and enjoy. Mentality. Spot the signs and take action. And so here's the second half of our interview. I love that. And I love it because kindness, kindness is so important. Kindness to ourselves, isn't it? Um, and being able to view it in that way, that actually I'm allowed to unplug. I'm allowed to look after myself. These are, are phrases that we actually struggle with, I think. Um, and I think there's also that notion that technology can be addictive. And you, you touched on that a little bit as well. Laura, about this addictive processing and um i mean there are the there are other statistics like um i i saw one about technology and giving a giving a small person a phone is basically the same in the context of giving someone cocaine it's so addictive there's so much stimulation going on and would you ever give your kid cocaine and i'm kind of hoping the answer would be no um but it's we just don't see it like that we don't see the the potential damage that it may have, because I know that when my kids have been on a device, their ability to engage their imagination disappears. And they'll come off the device and be like, I don't know what to do. They're like, go and play. I don't know what to play. Go, go. 
and and they just seem to have lost this ability to actually be creative to to think for themselves and i wonder also how much of that is happening for us as adults that we're spending time in our devices that we come off it and we forget about the creativity and kind of what we can do to maintain and look after ourselves and that's a whole other conversation i think um but i like the tip about an alarm clock it sounds so simple and my question is is it is it that simple because it it almost sounds too simplistic uh because even i can get an alarm clock um and i'm sure it's it's more complicated than that isn't it um, I think the changes we can make are simple, but what's really hard is sticking to it. So I was running a session the other week and somebody asked me, um, how long did it take you to become digitally well? And my answer was, it's a process. You know, it's like healthy eating or being physically fit. You don't go down to the gym for six months and then stop. Um, and this is where there's a massive correlation with mindfulness meditation, because there's a massive um, parallel between the distracted world that we live in and the way that we engage with our technology and we're not present in any given moment because we're so hooked on it and mindfulness practice, which is all about harnessing the present moment experience. Um, like a mindfulness practice, it's something that you, um, it's a practice that you adhere to, that you follow on a daily basis um, and you make it part of your life the way you would with healthy eating or exercise or whatever. And with technology, it's the same. We need to treat it like we do food you know we need to be connected to survive these days the way we need to eat to survive it's a fact if you want to work you've got to be connected you can't go and live in a forest and, and live in the corporate world or a world where people are connecting in business and organizations so it's about understanding your relationship with it and the adjustments that you need to make to ensure that it's healthy um and, you know, don't get me wrong. It isn't easy. This is all I talk about when I'm not with my children and my husband. I have been writing and talking and reading about this for five years. And I still feel the pull because a lot of the stuff is designed with the attention economy in mind to hook us in. If anybody has seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's an amazing documentary. And anybody who's choosing to be on social media needs to watch that. You need to take personal responsibility for understanding how this stuff works. Um, it's hooked and it pulls us in. And also our own behavior, you know, my own insecurities drive my behavior around my inbox throughout the day. I've got an amazing work-life balance because that was the one thing that broke me and I needed to get back on track. And now I've got two phones, a work phone and a personal phone. And my work phone lives at work and my personal phone lives at home. And my separation and boundaries are so clear that my work-life balance is amazing. Um, so it's a constant practice and something that we've, I don't think you can ever, it's not like, hello, my name's Laura and I, I'm an alcoholic. I kind of am. Hello, I'm Laura and I am, I'm a digital, I'm not addict. I'm, I'm, I, I use my digital habitually. That was what I was like. And I've taken a minimalist approach to my tech usage. I paired everything back and I just use what I need to use now. Um, I don't have a lot of apps. I have a watch. Um, I've got two phones, which doesn't sound minimalistic, but it is because it's cleaned everything up for me and created separation. Everybody's different. There's technology you can use to put on your technology to help you to put boundaries and checks and balances in place for yourself. That doesn't work for me because I'm not really a techie person. I'm all about minimizing and cleaning and making everything clutter free to, to make my overwhelm go down. But it's a constant process and everybody needs to understand that you won't just get fixed overnight. I, th I think that's so helpful because 
what you're then saying is that it's not going to happen instantly, that this is something that we have to practice at. So, Laura, I would I would so love for there to be a, a quick fix. I am the kind of person who, and we spoke about this in the pre-chat, that kind of when I'm checking my phone in the mornings and uh, kind of just preparing myself for the day, just this morning, I think it's because we have we, we're having this time now, I suddenly had this moment where my kids were downstairs having breakfast and I was on my phone upstairs and I had this internal thought process was like, am I engaging with this because I don't want to engage with that? And it created quite a a horrible dark moment in me, which is that am I actively choosing to engage with my technology so as I don't have to actively choose to be with my family and now I love my family. And that was quite a horrid thought in the process. Um, and I want to begin to explore, am I alone in that? Or do you find that other people are, are experiencing that as well? Um, and are we a lost cause? No, not at all. And I think at the moment, um, I've worked with businesses over the years where I've had people coming up to me at the end of workshops saying, I shout at my kids from the minute they get up until I drop them to the school gate. And I now only realize that it's because I'm looking at my work email the whole time and I'm trying to be in two places at once and it's not their fault. And it's, it's kind of my fault, but it's because I think I've set this expectation up with clients and colleagues, et cetera. And they get a bit of a shock to the system and they make a change and they start to put some boundaries in place for themselves. Um, I think what you're experiencing, a lot of people are experiencing and it is complicated. Um, But Peter, if you make a change, like I was coaching somebody yesterday and we we said we were, he was going to make three changes. The challenge was three changes. And one of the biggest challenges I make people, because it's something that saved me, was taking my work email off my phone. And I challenged him and the physical reaction he took over the Zoom call to me suggesting this was like, oh, but he did it. And my point to him was do it for one day and see what happens. And if you go into some weird convulsion and you can't get out of it, put it back on. You've got to experiment and bring some curiosity to your behavior because if you don't do that, you'll never change. And it's all about whether you feel it's having a negative impact on you or not. You know, the the whole concept of being addicted to phones is bandied about an awful lot. And I think that, that people take umbrage to that because it's like, I'm not addicted, but an addictive behavior, the description is if you do it, if it starts to cause problems in your life, but you keep doing it anyway. So say you were um, religiously removing yourself from the family environment and hiding away and doing work stuff on your phone and in the morning and not being with your wife and kids. If that started to create issues, either with your partner with your relationship with your children, with your own mind and how you felt you were behaving, then that's where you have to start to investigate it. If you're totally at ease and comfortable and it's not causing any problems, it's about purpose and intent and conscious use. Everybody's in a different situation. Um, But I think it's about bringing that level of experimentation. Take the email off the phone for a day and see what happens. The world will not fall down, trust me. You feel like it will. Like another challenge I've been giving people during lockdown um, and coming out of lockdown is go out every day for half an hour for a walk because we all need fresh air. It's getting dark early. We're not commuting as much. We need to a break from the screen. Go out for half an hour every day and leave your phone behind. <gasps> what? Because if you start to do that and you've never done it before, it will feel really weird and it will feel painful. But if you can work through that pain, 
the chance for headspace and clarity and reducing overwhelm and lowering your stress levels and being present with nature or your dog or your other half or whatever. There's magic out there that we need to allow ourselves to touch. But so many of us are so hooked and distracted that we're not getting there. I find that really important and I find that really key because uh, I, I just checked my step count for today. Do I know where my step count today is? 457 steps today. That's that's me walking up and down the stairs. And also, I don't even think that's half the steps because I gesticulate so much in the training that I'm delivering. I'm pretty sure that that's taken out to, yep, no, well, anyway. Um, but what you're saying is that actually by switching off, it allows our senses to come alive and to switch on. And I, I bang on about this all the time. And yet here I am, what, half past three, coming up to, to four o'clock with 450 steps. And knowing how important it is and yet how easy it then is to to be caught from one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next and realise I haven't been anywhere. And what I'm hearing is that it has to become an active process. This isn't a passive, oh, it's just going to happen. This is deliberate, isn't it? Totally. You need to take take time to work out what 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 is the sticking point for me? What are the stresses? What are the things that are niggling me? in my work time and in my personal time around my work tech and my personal tech. Okay, what are what's one adjustment I could make in my working time, either to do with my work tech or personal tech? And what's one adjustment I could make in my personal time to do with my work tech or personal tech? And just make two small changes. So that could be you feel like you're looking at social media news too much throughout the working day and you're not getting any headspace. Or it could be uh, you're looking at your, your emails all day and not getting any work done. So that's the work time in your personal life it could be that you feel like you're looking at work stuff when you should be having downtime and rest and building those relationships and recuperating or it could be that you're spending too much time on social media and news whenever you're sitting in front of the telly with your call your partner or your housemates or whatever or you're taking the children to the park and you're you're totally distracted what what is being negatively impacted because of this digital is present in my life and what small changes could I make um, and it's very much an active process. It's like going down the gym. It's not, it's not going to happen for you. You've got to do it yourself. So we're four minutes away from the end of the session. And what I'm picking up on is get an alarm. Turn your phone off at night. Nice and simple. Uh, get out more. Engage with the environment and do it without your phone. And I like the fact that someone's put challenge for Pete for the next mentality minutes, half an hour walk every day without your phone. Uh, I think it's because they've realised I've gone for the challenge that Matt gave me last week about going for the uh, moustache. I'm up for these challenges. I'm totally up for it because I know that it's good for me. Um, I think we've also been talking about it's not going to happen by a passive process. You have to make these choices. Uh, and one thing that Matt's kind of put is that at dinner time, having a, a tech-free dinner time. And when other people come round, it's the same for them. They have to kind of put their technology to one side. I think that's a great idea because otherwise, again, it can just creep in at any time of the day, can't it? And when you're sitting watching TV, are you on your phone as well? Uh, I went round to my parents' house when we could go round to my parents' house. TV was on, both of them were on different devices, uh, and no one was actually watching the TV or talking to each other. They, it was It was just bizarre. And um, I think that, technology um, that takes to me over, is a, doesn't it? That's a very simple rule. No double screening. If you're going to if bring intent, if you're going to watch The Crown, watch The Crown. 
don't watch the crowd and scroll through Facebook or email your mate at the same time or look at your work stuff. No double screening. Don't go to the cinema, not that they're open at the moment, but see people who go to the cinema and sit on their phone. Immerse yourself in the story. Get lost in the escapism of it. Connect with the person you're sitting beside. No double screening. Loads of different things to take away from today. Uh, and I, I, Do you know what, Laura? Give us just one thing, one golden nugget of how we get this journey started. What? Where can we... Where's the easiest win? Well, for me, the easiest thing to do is to close your inbox while you're trying to concentrate at work. That was that. That for me is a game changer. And also, put your phone on flight mode and stick it in the drawer. Give your set 15, 20 minutes of focused time. Set a timer. Get the phone out of the way. Close the inbox and get your head down. You will become so productive. If you're if you're used to being in reactionary mode all of the time and inbox open. And also get yourself an alarm clock. Take back control as to when you're going to actually engage with technology in the morning and start how you're going to start your day. So, do you use your phone as an alarm? Can you remove your email from your device? And will you go for a 30-minute walk without your phone? These are all questions and challenges I am going to be trying to put in place for myself. Now, next week, we're going to be talking with Jeff McDonald, and we'll be looking forward into the relatively unknown and asking ourselves, what does 2021 have in store for us all? Now, may I encourage you to leave us a review on the podcast because it really helps get the word out. And thanks again for listening to Mentality Meets, conversations that explore mental health stories and strategies to help leaders like you change the culture of mental health in your workplace. 